with a vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today we're talking about using activities in supervision. Hmm, do I use activities in supervision? I don't know, do you? Maybe sometimes, do you? I do, not as often as I would like. A good amount of time I get focused on the day-to-day or what's happening or making sure I'm addressing questions that sometimes I don't slow myself down to do an activity. And I would really like to do more activities in supervision. I agree. I really don't use them very often at all. Um, Well, let's talk about when is a good time to use an activity. Well, definitely I'm probably more inclined to use them when I have brand new supervisees, really green ones. Mm -hmm. I think often um, when they're right out of school, they almost are expecting there to be something to do in session. They want to accomplish something. Right. Okay. I think um, when I would choose to use an activity in supervision has to do with the relationship, where they are developmentally, maybe what their own goals are. If they're Specifically, if it's a counselor who's really interested in using activities in their counseling, then I would think that I would be, that would be more present on my mind that I'd want to work activities into their supervision. Right. But I think it's a great way to build a close relationship with your supervisee. I think it's a great way to kind of break the ice and get them to loosen up. I think the important part is that the activities have purpose to the point of your supervision. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's a reason behind what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, is that... Maybe in contrast, when when is a time when you would not use an activity in supervision? Mm, maybe a time if someone came in just completely full of so many things they needed to cover that week. They were so oh. bursting at the seams with things they needed to tell you. Sure. So maybe, you know, I said that sometimes I get distracted by uh, logistics or day-to-day activities. Maybe that is a time where you need to set an activity aside and address some direct questions, make sure you're covering some specific topics. Correct. I would think a a time where I would not, where I would choose not to use an activity in supervision would be to fill up time. If maybe it feels like either I am or the supervisee is avoiding something. Absolutely. Um, I might not choose an activity if um, I just don't think it's applicable to the type of client that they're seeing or that specific supervisee. I can see in supervising uh, for you with some play therapists, you might have a lot more interventions you might use in supervising them than you would maybe with your clients that are seeing just some uh, married couples. Well, maybe not, mm. actually. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I I mean, I really encourage all of my interns to think about ways that they can include activities for all different ages. Um, and and that, for me, might be a reason to include an activity in supervision is to help them to, to expand their idea of who an activity is appropriate for or which, which situation an activity is appropriate for. What are some things that you think of right off the bat that you're thinking when you think of activities that either you've done or activities that you want to try in supervision? Hmm. 
this is really one of my favorite things to do in counseling is to brainstorm different ways of presenting an idea or having an activity. Um, I think something that's used often in supervision is Santray. Oh, yeah, that would be great. And and lots of different ways to use that tool. Right, like a guided topic or just an open-ended. So you maybe would could give a directive of create how you feel as a counselor. Today. Today. That might be different yeah. than next week. Sure. Create how you, show me how you're feeling about supervision. I don't know. Can you think of any other directives that might fit with Santre? Um, I might want to know maybe something, depending on where they are in the process, but like the how you feel as a counselor today, I might expand more on that and maybe have them do the divided Santre with how were you a year ago mm-hmm. and how are you now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, oh, I would, that would be nice. Maybe after having worked with that supervisee for a significant amount of time to reflect on their growth their confidence. Right. They may not even remember what they chose when they did their first mm-hmm. entry versus a year has gone by. They've seen a hundred clients. Now what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What What's another fun or interesting activity for supervision? What about an art directive? Yes. I think that could be great. You could do that focused on the relationship with your supervisor and supervisee, uh, it could just be for growth. Like self-reflection? Right. Like, mm-hmm. how how are you doing? Maybe even to reflect on how you're impacted by a specific client. Oh, right. Like, when I see this client, this is what I'm feeling mm. in the room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you think of a specific art directive that you might use for one of those purposes? I think one that I like, I just I just think I get a lot out of this. There's a... a with clients or supervisee, but I might direct someone to draw a picture of, if it's a client, maybe their family. Okay. But if it's a supervisee, I might say, um, draw a picture of you and I on a boat in a storm. Right. And um, what comes from that is so much about the relationship and how people Mm -hmm. work together and problem solve. And I think it would really be really provide a lot of insight into the counseling or the supervision relationship rather. I like that. I like how you incorporated the relationship. I was thinking of draw yourself in the, in a rainstorm, mm-hmm. but I like the on a boat with someone else. That's mm-hmm. great. I like it. Um, I mean, yeah, just the relationship part where we're in it together right. when we're in supervision. Right. Um, maybe a different art directive could be uh, the tried and true rose bush. Oh yes. That would be great actually. Mm-hmm. And you could actually use that one as well in a compare and contrast mm-hmm. early on in supervisee time and then later towards yes, the end. Yeah. Uh, so maybe uh, for our audience that doesn't know the rosebush activity, you start out and ask someone to close their eyes or maybe flutter their eyes and think about themselves as a rosebush. And you think about the roots and you think about the leaves, you think about the petals, the color, the soil. Um, where they're planted, where they're, what's around them, where they're planted and ask them to thoughtfully in in a quiet space, draw themselves reflected in that bush and then be able to talk about it. I Um, can see that some of these activities would take longer than others, mm -hmm. but you also might get a lot more in depth with your supervisee and that relationship might grow uh, because they're willing to share or because Mm -hmm. they're willing to go that deep. Well, you know, I was going to say something about the about sharing that it's, so far the activities that we've talked about or suggested really do have to do with the sharing part. That if you kind of shortcut the activity and just do the activity and don't then share, you're really missing out on a lot of the right. 
the positive benefit, right? The meat of the activity. Absolutely. Um, something we talked about when we were brainstorming for today was expressive check-in. Do you want to talk about mm, that? Mm-hmm. Um, so a way I might use, um, an activity as a check-in could be, man, I could think of so many different ways to do this. Maybe asking them to choose a sand tray figure that represents how they're feeling when they enter supervision. So we can kind of get a feel for where their emotions are at, where their energy is at. Of course, depending on the supervisee, if I'm really getting, wanting them to be flexible or be more expressive, maybe I would even ask them to do a five second interpretive dance, um, showing me how they're feeling about their client or supervision or just their mood that, that day. Right. I think you could also use it as a a little bit of an art directive in that way too, with an expressive check-in. You could just ask about either the color or if they could draw you um, what they're feeling that day. So those two can kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, What would be another fun expressive check-in? I know I've asked people before, um, if you were one of the seven dwarfs right now, which seven dwarf would you be? Right. And, um, you know, with a client, I might have to specify and say, not which one do you like the most? Right. Which one um, do you feel like you are right now? Mm-hmm. And so with a with a supervisee, I'd imagine I, you probably wouldn't have to explain that step that they would know we're going for self-reflection. Right. Well, other things I can think of, one that I actually use a lot in supervision is role playing. And I do it in a couple different ways. Sometimes I role play and say, okay, you're the supervisor today. Oh. Um, other times I say... What kind of responses have you gotten from that? Uh, they laugh nervously like they don't want <laughs> to do it. Um, but other times I've said, okay, let's role play that situation. Take me back to your session. We're going to walk through where you think something might have been off or something that might have happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I can... I know that I do this often when... Um, the supervisee knows that they're they're really needing to confront their client yes. and they're feeling kind of nervous about that confrontation. And, um, you know, you can play both sides that the right. supervisor could either be the client or right. it could be the counselor. Right. Um, and a lot of times, just to make it more interesting, I play a really tough client. Right. They and won't give them, listen. Right. And give them a hard time. Right. And maybe respond in all the ways you hope your client doesn't respond. Right. Um, that's actually really good practice because <laughs> then it won't be as bad as they've already mm-hmm. practiced. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I use a little bit of, I'll call it CBT mapping, where they can actually write some things down um, during supervision, um, giving some um, context to what's going on. So maybe they can write down something that their client said how they responded, and what they would do differently now. Oh, so are they mapping their own cognitions, behavior, and thinking, or are they mapping the clients? Uh, I think you could use it both ways. I generally mm-hmm. use it for their own. So where was their thought process at this point in the session? Mm-hmm. Where was their, you know, where where did things kind of maybe get off path, or what is something they loved about it that they'd want to repeat? Mm-hmm. Do you think you could apply that to supervision? Absolutely. I maybe. Think you- like using that same idea with your discussion with the supervisee, maybe right. asking them to map your process or map their own process. I think that would be great. I love that idea. Let's see. What are some other ideas for activities and supervision? Sometimes um, I like to mix things up a bit, especially if we need to cover something like ethics or um, something like a new hot topic is that I'll give a vignette that I've made up, have them work it through, whether it be in a theory concept 
or maybe have them work it through and like, what are the main things that you need to catch in this? What are the main things you're seeing? Um, the program I went to in grad school did this at all the time, but I noticed through talking to interns, some uh, grad schools don't do that at all. And we oh. kind of started each day practically with doing a vignette and mm -hmm. case conceptualization, but kind of where the tables turned. Mm -hmm. And are you using a vignette maybe to um, get rid of any confidential information? Yes. Kind of protect from that? Right. Protecting from that. And then also picking things that might be appropriate for each supervisee. So I won't use necessarily the same one. I try and focus if they're working with a lot of chemical dependency clients, I'm going to focus that around what they need versus if I'm seeing someone that's working with families, then I want to give a family vignette. So like we said before, personalizing it, making it personal, purposeful right. and personal. Right. Um, so not just applying a technique. And leaving it out there. Right. Yeah. All right. What about journaling? Hmm. How do you use journaling in supervision? Uh, occasionally, I'll ask my supervisees to journal specifically about supervision. Um, I also use this sometimes to get people to focus in on what they want to get from supervision or maybe mm -hmm. what their thought process was after supervision. It sounds like that's an opportunity for people to slow down and reflect before the moment's passed. Right. And I think sometimes what happens is that you go to supervision um, and you have your list of things you need to tell your supervisor what's coming up or what's going on with your clients. Uh -huh. And you don't, you get so caught up again, like we talked about earlier in the day to day, let me get through these things and check them off my list that we forget to go a little bit more personal, a little bit more um, deeper thinking. I was thinking it might, I might suggest a, a supervisee journal a minute or two after a client so that they can hang on to those thoughts and feelings in the time between the session and meeting with their supervisor. Oh, I like that. Like at how they were feeling after session, mm -hmm. what their thought process was. Mm -hmm. That's a to, great tool. To help it feel more present once they get to supervision so they can reflect on it. They can go a little deeper. Yes. Um, something else sometimes I do is when they walk in with not so much to talk about, I kind of like to turn the tables on them and say, okay, you're the supervisor. What should I be saying to you? What should I be asking you? Kind of turn the tables a bit. I'll give them again a vignette and say, what did I miss? What did I forget? Mm -hmm. and, and see if they can play that role. I think it's important to increase their uh, kind of a growth mindset and flexibility um, so that they can also do counsel, uh, consultation with their peers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think maybe that fits with an idea that I, I was thinking, um, what if you allow for that flexibility that a, a supervisee could come in and say, today, I really need to do Santre. Right. Or today, I really need to show you a, my check-in with crayons. Right. I really love that. Um, I love the flexibility of that being so open. I mean, just by us brainstorming, I have a whole bunch of new ideas I want to mm -hmm. try out um, with specific intent and purpose. Mm -hmm. I think, um, one of the things I've done before is, um, I had a client that specific, or not a client, actually a supervisee that specifically saw a lot of teenagers. And every time he came in, he had a new, um, something for me to learn, whether it was the, the new drug, um, like slang terms or new texting and acronyms. I, I just felt like he kept me current on what teens mm -hmm. were going through because of the clients he saw. Mm -hmm. So we kind of traded teaching just a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say it makes for a fun dynamic that you aren't always the expert and in charge. Right. But that sometimes the supervisee is the expert in what they're doing mm -hmm. and in themselves, certainly. Right. Um, and that they have plenty to teach us. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think that that's a cool way to uh, provide that opportunity through different activities. Absolutely. Uh, so today we have talked about, um, what, do we use activities in supervision? Then we, we also talked about when to use them, when not to use activities. And we gave you a handful of ideas of different activities that we have used in supervision. Um, I also want to let you know that Sue Bratton and Ann Stewart wrote Express Yourself in the recent Play Therapy magazine for the Association for Play Therapy, December 2019. You might find it interesting. They also gave a couple of examples. Um, thanks so much for joining us. This was Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.